there is a reality that every believer must face eventually. You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christian from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Now, today we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. It's just one verse. But then it's something that every believer must be aware of, must be conscious of at least for maybe 10 hours in a day. Something you must be aware of because it is going to determine your entire eternity, all right? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear. <laughs> it says we must what? All. All. Every single person. Your mom, your dad, you, your siblings, right? The person down the street, all of us who are born again must appear before what? The judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat. In other words, this is not a seat um, that is like... Uh, just it's, a, it's not a casual seat it's not a welcome seat it's a judgment seat in other words it's a seat where your works will be judged they will analyze everything you have done on the earth and will judge it and that day is actually the judgment of Christ so Christ is the one who is going to judge it he's going to judge you on that day for what you've done he says that everyone may receive notice he says everyone again there is no <laughs> There's no discrimination in this one. Everybody gets it. Everyone gets to get to that judgment seat of Christ. Anyone who is born again. That they may receive the things in body. That's actually how it's put there. Right? The things done in body or the things in body according to what he has done. Whether it be good or bad. In other words, they're trying to say that your body, the moment you leave this physical body, right? The next thing that's going to happen to you is that you're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. In other words, time is up. Time is up. So it means that every human being born into this world, right, got the opportunity to use time to actually determine how they would be judged in eternity or to determine the kind of rewards they will receive in eternity. And if they get saved, and that's basically what I'm saying, because if you're not saved, I would say, he who does not believe is damned. He who does not believe is condemned already. So those who are not going to believe in Jesus Christ will not even come near this seat. They will go to hell. But those who believe, it says here that your body, the time you spend in your body is actually going to be measured. It's actually going to be judged. Every passing day of your life is going to be judged. It's going to be analyzed. And there are things they're going to look out for. You understand? So it, it tells you that there is an assessment there is a report card. There is a there's a marking scheme for your life. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Yeah, there's a marking scheme for your life. In other words, life is not just as it seems. Life is ticking down to one event. Your life is ticking, counting down to one event. It is not counting down to your marriage. It's not counting down to your promotion. It's not counting down to when you have your first baby. It's not counting down to when you buy your first house or car or land or get into university. It's counting down to the day you meet the Lord. Now, we all know Jesus as the Savior, okay? 
the Savior, the one who saves us, the nice Jesus that saves us, that is just kind and gracious, died for us, would do anything for us, but we don't know the Lord, right? Bible says the Lord is that spirit. It's the Lord. If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord means master. And it's the master. You see, the Savior came, right, the first time, and he came to save us from our sins. That's what his name means, right? Jesus, Savior. He will save us from our sins. But you see, when we go to meet him, which, by the way, Paul explained that it's far better, but when we go to meet him, it's going to be different. You are going to meet the Lord. Now, the truth is that he is Lord from the day you got saved. The day you professed him as Lord, he became Lord. But you see, there's going to be a judgment seat to assess how much of that lordship you are allowed to express itself. To assess how much of Christ's instructions or how much of Christ you are allowed to rule your heart. That's just it. That's what that judgment is going to be about. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He's already saved, but He is the Lord. And this is one area that many people are not, will I say, aware of, or they've not allowed to seep into their hearts the fact that He is Lord. Right? The believer has one life, and that life is meant to be lived for one thing. I've explained many times the second, the same second Corinthians, if you just read some verses down to verse 15, and He died for all that did that they which live should not henceforth live to themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Are you seeing that? So as a savior, he died, but he died to become their Lord. He died to become your Lord. And you receiving this gift of salvation, there's no way you can receive it and not receive the Lordship. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Yeah. Bible says, husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church and what gave himself for it. Are you seeing that? Aha. Uh-huh. So he gave himself for it that he may become the Lord. He is now the Lord of the body. He is the Lord. He's the Savior. But he's the Lord and Savior. Are you seeing that? You can't embrace, embrace the Savior and not embrace the Lord. It's like a two-sided coin. You must, by embracing the Savior, you embrace the Lord. Now, you may not act it out. In reality, we know there are many people who don't express that, who don't act as if they have a Lord. You understand? Because you see many believers, you know, we think carnality is an option. Carnality is more like just living in the flesh, living for ourselves, doing our own thing, living in sin, living anyhow, you know, just doing what we want to do. We actually believe that that's an option on the table. That's what many believers believe. We believe it's an option. That's why you see people say, whoa, Jerry, I'm tired, I beg, I don't, this, is it by force? Must I go to church? Must I submit to a pastor? Must I this? Social media is lit with um, something that happened to a pastor. You, you know, your mouth is open, wagging there. Ah, why would he do that? Why would you do You know, you are typing. You become a keyboard warrior. You are typing and lambasting the pastor and all those things. You know, there are, there are reasons why we don't do some of these things. One of them, the major reason is that there is a law do. There is this guy called the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's your Lord. He's your master. And that Lord has already given a marking scheme. He has already given... Uh, because obviously, what is the marking scheme? The word. His word. How much of his word did you follow? That's going to be a marking scheme for you that day. His word told us, the Great Commission, Matthew 28 from verse you know, 18, 19 and all that, going to all that and preach the gospel to every creature. That same, math, that same, you know, word actually, Ephesians 5, it tells us, verse 2, it tells us to walk in love. But verse 1 says, being faithful of God are dear children. Next one now says, walk in love. So love is a commandment. So you'll be assessed by your love walk. You'll be assessed by your service to the Great Commission. Are you seeing that? Yeah, so there's reasons why, for example, we don't do those things because it's a body. 
It's a body. It's the body of Christ. The Bible talks about descending the Lord's body, right? Descending, knowing, honoring the Lord's body. In other words, it's his body. He paid the price for it. That's why you don't just talk against it. That's why you don't just talk against churches when everyone is talking against churches. No, the, that, that's just the truth. The truth is that one day everybody, you know, everyone here is, you can be bold, you can be, because it's like, just doesn't bite, you know. I mean, Christianity is the only religion I know that people dare to do some certain things. You can't try with Islam, they will bomb you. But Christianity just walk over, do anything they want to do. I'm talking about those inside the, the, the religion, in quote, and those outside, right? But you will find out very fast on that day that he was your Lord all the way, that the decisions you made in your life, right, were all being recorded. All the decisions. You decided um, that you're going to leave the country when he didn't ask you to leave the country. You know, Lord, his lordship means you don't even leave the country if he says don't leave the country. Your lordship means you want to travel, you seek permission. <laughs> you say, Lord, you, you, you check on the inside. Is it, is it, am I allowed to go? You want to relocate, you ask. I want to go to this school. Is that your will? You get, that's called lordship. You submit to his lordship. You don't just do things that you want to do. Just act the way you want to act. You don't just talk the way you want to talk. Just talk anyhow. Hey, this is where I'm feeling. This is where I'm feeling. You understand? And you just insult people and do No, 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 no. There's a Lord. There's a Lord. The Lord is that spirit. So in other words, the Lord, his lordship will be expressed two ways. One is by his word. His word is meant to govern you, govern your thinking, govern your actions. And there is his spirit in you. You see? Because the Lord is that spirit. By his spirit, he's also inside you. And he will guide you, you get. He will lead you in his own path. Are you seeing that? Bible says it's not in the man who directs his own path. He will lead you and show, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. <laughs> you understand? This is who I want you to marry. Yeah, we say God doesn't choose um, your spouse for you. It's true. He doesn't, in quotes, choose your spouse for you. But he directs you to people. He orders your steps. He aligns your path to people. Yeah, so you may have a say in the matter because the truth is that there's not one person that is stamped, but there are people that are divine. God divinely leads you to certain people and says, this is the person. You see that? Yes. <laughs> so his lordship actually is, his lordship is over everything, over your money. You see people or Christians who would rather keep their money and don't want to give to God. You are following everyone to say, oh, all these men of God, all these men of God. See, let me say this. We don't have the luxury of that. We don't have that luxury, in quote, to say all these men. We don't have that luxury. You don't have the luxury to be, I say, should I give, should I not give? No, the word of God is clear about it. Even if you don't like one emoji, but the word of God is clear about giving. You cannot read this Bible and come to the conclusion that you should not give. No, it's there. Give to the church. It's there by commandment. <laughs> Are you seeing that? Because, and that thing is this, Christ's lordship, okay, there's even a third one, is expressed through the, through the word, is expressed by his spirit. You see that? Now, it's also expressed to the church because obviously, if you study the word of God, you realize that there's authorities given to the church to tell you what to do. It says, obey them that have, that's Hebrews 13 verse 17, obey them that have control over you and submit to them for they watch for your souls as ones that will give account. Let them do it, you know, with joy. For, you know, it's not profitable for you if they do it with grief. So, obviously, you're seeing that, that the church, your pastor, <laughs> your pastor is an expression of the Lordship of Christ. His instructions, be in church at this time. You understand? You know, your pastor says, we're having this this time. Be there. We're doing this. Give. Those are instructions directly from the Most High God. You get my point? Yes. Your pastor's authority, you you, you know, is, is actually an expression, a direct expression of the authority of Jesus Christ. You see, but you see believers that want to just behave like they have no Lord, so 
you don't go to church you have no one over you you don't submit to anybody you get you see they are all liars they are all scammers they are all you know so I mean that means you are just saying Jesus is also like that because some people say oh, I follow Jesus I don't follow men that's a lie the Bible clearly tells us that men are in the equation the way Christ will express his authority is through men are you seeing that definitely so there's a day we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ and these things will matter. They will check how did you serve in your local church? How did you submit to your pastor? Right? How did you obey his instructions? They had evangelism. Did you go? They had prayer meetings. Were you part of it? Did you attend? You see that? <laughs> yes. They're going to ask how many disciples did he raise? Because you see when the Bible even says he died for us that we should not live for ourselves but for him who died and rose again. You're going to, if you read down that text, you're going to realize that what they are referring to is the gospel. If you get to verse um, 18, you see all things are of God who has reconciled us himself by just Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Are you seeing that? Verse 20, then we are now ambassadors of Christ. So that's actually what it means to live for God. Anyone or any institution that says they are living for God and you cannot find the gospel at the core or the heart of what they are doing is just a lie. I don't care if it's an orphanage or whatever. They say, oh, we are a Christian, whatever. The moment you attach Christian to anything, we, you attach, you know, Christian, the heart of your mission must be the gospel. Otherwise, you are living for you. You are not living for the gospel. You understand? So just because you are a Christian orphanage, you, you feed everybody on the streets, feed all the orphans, it doesn't mean you are, you are a Christian. Christian, you cannot take away the gospel, the, a gospel-focused, a gospel-centered living from Christian. You cannot take it away. Are you seeing that? The way of the disciple, that is actually what it means to be a Christian, to be a disciple, a follower, a servant of Christ. In fact, Paul will even call himself a slave to Christ. That is how we know <laughs> you get that we are following this Jesus. And these things will be assessed. Your character. The way you be, you know, Bible tells us to strive for peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. And I've explained that text many times that that means basically you're going to strive for peace with men. You're going to strive for holiness with the same men. Why? So that these men will see God. In other words, it means your conduct matters. Your conduct can either bring a person closer to God or take a person far from God. You know, there's a way, if you look at it, for example, when you see um, a pastor's misconduct, you know, it's very easy for people to say, ah, now nah, people will now be, will now be um, not wanting to associate with Jesus because of that pastor. You get, I mean, when the former president of the United States said he was a Christian and then people saw him to be too loud, too maybe proud and all those things, they were saying, ah, this will not make people want to get saved. But, you know, mentally, we don't have to go far away. The question is, how about you? Because the same people that are pointing to those individuals, pastors and that president or former president, you wouldn't look at your own life and say, how is my life, my own lifestyle, the way I'm living my life right now, the way people are observing me, my neighbors, my friends, are they getting closer to God or getting farther away from him? Are you seeing that? These things are going to be judged. It's going to be judged. And being by being judged, you get, it, it's, not, it's not a nice word. A judge, you know, you're going to lose rewards that day for, for these things. And you're also going to have rewards for keeping the faith. Paul will say, I have fought a good fight. I have what? Finished. I have kept the faith. I was faithful to the assignment, to the task. Are you seeing that? Yes. So the Lordship of Christ governs everything. It governs everything. There's no area of your life that's hidden from God. Your relationship will, whatever it is, it is not hidden from Him. There's no area of your life. There's nothing like, you know, this idea, we actually really feel our lives are our own. Nothing we have belongs to us. 
everything we have was given to us. And even time is a resource that God gave us. So when you close your eyes, you get as a believer, you open your eyes because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You open your eyes with the Lord, but you may not like what you find. <laughs> That's the truth. You may not like what you find because I, if he's a judge at that time, I'm so sure there's a side of Christ that you did not know existed that you will not like because of your disobedience. What do you want or what should it be you receive? You know, there's this thing called well done, right? Jesus said it that he will say, well done, oh good and faithful servant. Enter into, you know, your rest prepared for you and all that. Are you going to hear that? Are you going to hear well done with the way you live your life? The way you behave? Are you going to hear well done? Do you understand? There's no excuse. Is that I'm feeling? Some people hide behind or behind depression, behind a lot of things, behind laziness. You hide and then you just behave anyhow. No. Your lifestyle matters. Your holiness matters. Your friendships matter. Everything about you is supposed to be sold out to Christ because you are already bought with the price. The Bible says you are not your own. In fact, that is actually the argument that Paul makes when he talks about sexual immorality and says why you should not do it. He says you are bought to the price. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. So you don't have a right over your body to use it any way you see fit. To use it for sexual immorality. When God has, the owner of the body has clearly said, I don't want this. This is not what I want. I want this to only be done in marriage. All these things will count before the Lord. They will all count. And there are many more things I could go through here. But I just this is just like a sweeping summary of of the things that will count so ask yourself today right how is your life where are you at you get my point where you know what's up with you honestly can you say with the way you're living that you hear well done are you living for the gospel are you living for yourself are you living for money some people it's just money they're living for money determines someone will be like that dollar gives you direction money determines where they live where they work what they do you understand? Some people are, Christians are willing to do anything for money, sex, whatever it is, fraud, you know, do anything for money. These are people that have not allowed the Lordship of Christ to find expression. And it's not going to be funny on that day. I'm telling you. You can't avoid that. You can't dodge it. You can't, you can't wish it away. That day will come. Many times we are too moved by what we see here on earth now. Let me grab what I can. You know, like that rich fool. Let me just, you know, gather what I can now and just keep The Bible says he was not rich towards God. He was rich towards the world. He was rich towards, you know, himself. But he wasn't rich towards God. He did not invest in eternal treasures. Are you seeing that? So that's not what or where you want to be. And if you are that person listening to me and saying, yeah, this thing you're saying is actually true and that I actually am misbehaving. I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. I would say to you that you should start with (laughs) <laughs> and it's simple start with finding a local church a good local church well if you ever if you live in lagos and everything you can always dm me and i can give you a few suggestions right of ones i believe are like at least i've looked at them and i know that if you are in this kind of places you will actually grow if you're also in ghana right <laughs> you can also message me and i'll also you know give you a few suggestions okay if you're in the u.s maybe also but uh, yeah definitely just message me let's talk about it and i'll help you see some things because it starts with the local church it starts with submitting to the local church in the local church their job is to prepare you make you ready for that day make you ready for the gospel prepare you teach you equip you with all you need Ephesians chapter 4 right if you read down 17 and give some apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers for the what perfecting of the saints the training of the saints for the work of ministry are you seeing that so they're the ones who prepare you your pastor just the general word is pastor your pastors prepare you 
the church prepares you for the work of ministry. So getting your local church right is the first step. If you get it right, you know, and you submit to the process, submit to the things that they put in place to help you grow, submit to their leadership, you will grow and you will do better. You will grow, you will become more effective for God's kingdom and that day you will hear well done. All right? So guys, that is it for today. I believe this blessed you. Why don't you share this with a friend and help that person also think critically about what he or she is doing. All right? Have a wonderful day. God bless you and bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.